ladies and gentlemen, children of all ages, grapplers, wrestlers, brawlers, boxers, MMA fighters. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Blackpool Comedy Club. I am your host, the host with the most. Jerome says word. And this is episode 13 of the Word on Wrestling. Where Jerome says word on wrestling. And there was a lot. Yes, yes, yes. There was a lot to get to this week. And um, for the most part, we're going to stick with three shows. Three shows, ladies and gentlemen. Three shows. We got, we got, we got Monday Night Raw. We got Monday Night Raw where wrestlers are in a wrestling ring. And then we got Dynamite. Oh, that Dynamite. It's Wednesday. You know what that means. <laughs> it means there's a Dynamite blowing up backstage somewhere. And and I'll do my best to be delicate with a lot of what's going on away from the rain. Uh, for AEW, for All Elite Wrestling. Because they do have a lot going on at the Blackpool Comedy Club and then some. Oh, man, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. And then we have Friday Night Smackdown. Smackdown. Now, if anybody tells you that they're not entertained by this podcast, they're lying. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. This is Jerome Says Word. I hope you guys enjoyed the intro. That was just, you know, just wanted to have some fun with it. Um, Yeah, man. I don't know. I don't know. It's just something about the Blackpool Combat Club that. I don't know. Right now, I'm just not feeling. I'm just not feeling. And it's just like, they're not doing anything funny, like hilarious. They're, they're not like doing anything J-A-S adjacent. I don't know. It's just, I don't know. But to me, they're the Blackpool Comedy Club until further notice. I mean, um, Brian Danielson, he, he, he uh, you know, he did what he did. We'll, we'll talk about it. I mean, he did what he had. He did what he could to try to restore the feeling. Um, I feel like John Moxley did what he could on Monday to restore the feeling, but like certain things, I don't know. It just was weird. It was like I was I was entertained by it, but it's just I don't know. John Moxley's role in all of that, I don't know. It it, it wasn't restoring the feeling of the Blackpool Combat Club. So you know, Blackpool Comedy Club, they they gonna they gonna have that name. That name gonna stick with them. I'm surprised more people haven't come up with that one. Um, but yeah, we're, we're gonna we're gonna talk about it. And uh, you're probably saying, "Oh, well, why are you only talking about Raw Dynamite and SmackDown?" Well, last week, 
last week I, I actually released about two episodes on NXT. I, I was I was attempted to uh, release them on their own feed for word on NXT. But um, I don't know if whatever for whatever reason if the feed wasn't loading up quick enough uh, for uh, it to go to other to other uh, streaming platforms. So you know, I decided you know what I'm 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 gonna, I'm gonna leave uh, the NXT stuff on the main feed, and you know we're gonna keep pushing. I'll let you guys know when it's an NXT episode. So you know, if you guys want to go ahead and listen, you can still listen. If you feel you, the need to skip an episode, hey, it'll you'll see that, hey, oh, this was the NXT episode. Uh, I can skip this episode, and you can go on and listen to, you know, the next episode that pertains to the wrestling that you follow. I mean, a lot of people still listen to podcasts for whatever reason or read results for shows that they don't watch. And, you know, I, I, I try to go watch the shows that I read the results on. That's just me. Um, everybody has their own way of keeping up with wrestling. And I know re- reading about it online or with the dirt sheets or follow it on Twitter or, you know, listening to a podcast for some is how they actually stay tapped into uh, wrestling. So, hey, um, me, I have to be fully immersed. I, c- I can read about it. I can listen to it. I can watch it. Um, reenact it. Well, I- I haven't reenacted it, you know, since my freshman year of college, but <laughs> that's another story for another time. <laughs> Speaking of which, go Mets and uh, P-H-U-C-K Phillies. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that I mean, that's that's pretty much it. And um, I'm going I'm to try to, you know, I, I'll, I'll get into um, to impact uh, rather quickly. Uh Depending on how much time I have in the pod, um, I, I probably won't really notice it until like real late in the show. But there's no way for me to really squeeze Impact in as I wasn't able to watch the full show. Um, I did go back and watch uh, Giselle Shaw win on Before the Impact. And uh, I definitely need to see how they utilize um there are three hours um like they do a before the impact from seven to eight which is typically usually a recap show getting you caught up on what you missed and then they might have a match or two on uh before the impact and then they go into the main impact card from eight to ten now obviously uh at this point in time impact is taped so um a lot of times you will already have the spoilers. It's just a matter of if they're in order. And uh far as I can tell that I don't think I don't I don't know if Impact tapes everything in order. Um whereas I believe a lot of the shows that tape in front of in front of people, like um like when SmackDown used to tape, and when um, and when AEW tapes Rampage, as far as I can tell, it looks like they tape going top to bottom. At least judging from the uh, the SmackDown I went to, I believe it was when they still recorded on Tuesday night, 
and then the show still aired on I believe I believe the show still aired on Thursday prior to when they uh, made that final move to um, to Fox and, and went back to and went back to Friday nights because it was like um, they started the show taped and they would air they would tape it on Tuesday and then they would air like over the years they would air on Thursday or Friday then they went from taping on Tuesday to being live on Tuesday, if I'm not mistaken. Um, right, right, right. I know I'm not bugging. I believe that's how it went. Like somehow they 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 went they they went live on Tuesday. I want to say for a little while. And then they started taping again on Tuesday. And they would air the show on. Yeah, I believe that's that's how that went down. And then they would they would air on they would air the taped show on Thursday or Friday. Once again, I, I don't remember if it was one of those days or both of those days. But, you know, being around, they've been around for over 23 years. So. And then finally, with with SmackDown, they uh, excuse me with Fox, they went back to going live. But instead of doing the taping on two, t- doing the taping on Tuesday or being live on Tuesday, they just moved everything to Friday. So essentially, they uh, WWE became a Friday Monday business, and then you had you know. Um, ECW and then NXT would be uh, like on Tuesday and then it went to um, it went away for a while obviously and then they came back on Wednesdays before shifting back to Tuesdays so yeah, yeah, it's, it's definitely a lot going on. Uh, let's go ahead and get into it. Um, Monday Night Raw opened up with Judgment Day. Uh, Damian Priest, you know, hyping his matching it with Edge. Uh, that's going to be on um, this coming Monday Night Raw. Uh, they uh, played. They played it up about um the mysterios um excuse me about edge not being there and then they uh played it up about the uh mysterios not being there and uh Rhea was talking about you know how she uh how she was beating up Dom and all that and that she she is uh Dom's poppy <laughs> And, you know, Finn, you know, Finn was doing Finn things, but somebody was there and it was uh, Rey Mysterio. He uh, attacked uh, Damian Priest from behind, uh, got his hands on Finn Balor, but he couldn't touch Rhea Ripley. 
And as per usual, when Rhea Ripley gets involved, the guy wrestler is kind of at a disadvantage. This allowed Damian Priest and Finn Balor to take over. And, you know, Finn comes off the top with the coup de grace onto a chair that's laying on top of Ray's chest. And then he put out a, he posted the pic, and the caption was like, it references number two. <laughs> and I'll just leave it at that. If, if, if you want to seek it out to take a look at what Finn Balor does with that picture. Like, he doesn't do anything crazy with the picture, but, like, just to see the caption is hilarious. Like, who says that, you know, Judgment Day is not entertaining? Because I think they're doing a damn good job besides just Rhea. Uh, obviously, Rhea is the clear, you know, the clear standout. But, you know, she still has that world. She still has that, uh, the Raw title shot, the Raw woman's title shot in her back pocket. Um Obviously, they're going with the six-way with this. I mean, excuse me, with the six-man tag or the six-woman tag, however you want to phrase it. Uh, they're going with that match at Clash at the Castle. Kind of wish uh, it was we were getting we would get Bianca Belair versus Rhea Ripley, but I imagine they're going to save that for Extreme Rules or later. Once uh, Rhea's done beating up Dominic. Uh, she's probably still somewhere in the back beating up Dominic, even though Dominic uh, was nowhere to be seen last week, uh, last last Monday. Um, definitely curious to see if he makes a return this week or if he makes a return to turn this week. Uh, Alexa Bliss or Oscar defeated Nikki Ash and Dewdrop to advance to the semifinals of the uh, WWE Women's Tag Team tor- Tag Team Title Tournament. Um, I was kind of disappointed to see Nikki Ash and Dewdrop lose, but I mean, the writing was right there. It was right on the wall. You kind of already had a feeling that. Um, Nikki and Dewdrop were not going to be long for the tournament, especially given the uh, rivalry uh, between Alexa, Oscar, um, Bianca Belair, and what appears to be and soon to be called damage control. And no, I am not talking about the Marvel MCU when I talk about damage control. Um, yeah, you know, solid match. And, um, you know, um, the women's division is definitely heating up. Uh, we had the, uh, money in the bank holder, uh, theory. We had him get interviewed upon his return. Uh, that interview was interrupted by Dolph Ziggler. And that's how the fight started. <laughs> you know, the two went back and forth giving, you know, giving, you know, insults to each other and uh interesting way to go to commercial break. Uh I didn't catch the the glove 
like a lot of people are saying in theory segment, I believe it had to be that 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 segment, unless it was the week prior or two weeks prior, however, uh, whatever time it was. But um, there was supposed to be a hand, there was a hand or something that that was visible. So you know, I'm not sure if my 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 cat eyes. You know, I'm not sure if those were activated or, you know, uh, clearly I do still need to get glasses. Um, but, yeah, I didn't I didn't notice anything fiend related there. So um, definitely uh, if somebody can point me in the right direction. Um, I greatly appreciate that. And, uh, you know, I'll go back and check it out before before uh, before Monday's episode before Monday's episode of uh, Monday Night Raw. Uh, Miz and Champa, you know, they got interviewed in the back. Uh, they were getting ready to come out for a tag team match. Uh, they were talking about how uh, AJ Styles is getting a title shot tonight. They feel like he should not be getting a United States title shot. Miz would then gift Champa with his own personalized, like, Pokemon card, uh, which has, you know, Champa on the apron where he normally like pats himself on the back, but Miz is also on the apron. And Miz, uh, if you watch the show, um, as Champa is tapping himself on the back, Miz is also tapping him on the back, and it's just like an amazing visual. Um, their opponents uh, tonight, uh, excuse me, on last uh, last uh, Monday night. Cedric Alexander and Mustafa Ali. Amazing work, amazing work, gentlemen. Amazing work. Like I, 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 I was half expecting, which I, I haven't like looked at her timeline. But as that match was going on, like I was like half expecting to receive a tweet, like to see a tweet posted by Big Swole. And I think you know the kind of tweets uh, that Big Swole makes um, whenever Cedric is on television and doing a banging ass job. So, yeah, salute, salute, salute to, to, uh, (laughs) to Mr. Cedric Alexander. Uh, now, the other thing I was thinking about was how long before we get that 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 usual tweet from Mustafa Ali? Because I feel like if WWE utilizes these guys as a tag team going forward, a.k.a. the 205, the uh, heart and soul of 205 Live, um, even though, you know, that show is long gone uh, with NXT level up uh, remaining in its place. But those two were like the main catalyst for a for a decent stretch of the show. And they were like the two guys that also kind of got to a point where they transcended the show. And then obviously COVID hits and 
you have to figure out what to do with 205 Live to continue making con to continue making content. Meanwhile, limiting the amount of people. So you know, eventually they started taping the P at the PC, and I believe they did some tapings at Full Cell before fully moving to the PC. So. Yeah, man, Cedric Alexander, Mustafa Ali, uh, hopefully it's not a one and done. Um, we got footage of Kevin, Ome uh, Kevin Owens. <laughs> we'll get into, uh, you know, Kenny Omega later. <clears throat> and I'm sure there's a Kevin Omega running around somewhere, you know, at least based off of Ezekiel Elias uh, being in the hospital with all his family members. Um you know, by his side. And then uh, Drew McIntyre. Here we go. Here we go. Strap in, ladies and gentlemen. Strap in when you get to this part of the show. Like, if you ever, like, if you didn't, haven't watched Raw yet, I mean, I'm not sure why you're listening to this part if you haven't listened to Raw yet. But like I said, I guess this is the way you consume your, um, consume your wrestling information. So I guess I can't be, you know, trying to dictate who can and who can't listen to my show. But um, Drew made the way from SmackDown. He was, you know, talking about carrying the company on his back. And, you know, that he starts naming challengers for when he, for after when he beats Drew. And he, he mentioned a lot of interesting names, but one name he fails to mention is the prize fighter, Kevin Owens. And, you know, that brought out Owens. You know, he said some stuff, and it, I don't know, it just was like, man, these guys are really, really going at it. And then Drew. Drew McIntyre, man, uh... Off promos alone, you, you, you're probably already, um, I don't know, 52, 52, <clears throat> 52 going to be mad, 52 going to be mad, um, but yeah, man, I, 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 I'm like this close to giving Drew word on wrestling wrestler of the week like as far as the match it's 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 also in contention for the for the match of the week and and and, and that's it drew man drew i almost titled that episode because of drew but then I saw uh, AEW Dynamite and, and and I saw AEW Rampage and yeah yeah I I, I kind of could not pass up on Blackpool <clears throat> excuse me on the Blackpool Comedy Club but um, Drew says to Kevin we're wrestlers in a wrestling ring let's wrestle. And drops the mic. And then KO obliges. And then when we come back from commercial break. We have 
Drew McIntyre and Kevin Owens having what is known in the community as a banger. Uh, now it does end in like um, with uh, Kevin Owens getting disqualified. I initially thought it was a no contest, but the Usos solely based their attack on Drew McIntyre. And um, Drew eventually gets the upper hand on the on the uh, on the hearts, if you will, on the Usos. But then Kevin Owens drops Drew with a stunner. And tells the Usos to let Roman Reigns know that he owes him one. <laughs> In a live on location, uh, the Blackpool Comedy Club presents Live from My Mama's Basement. Um, Riddle was scheduled to give an exclusive interview which you know i guess technically he still does the uh the interview or however they 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 framed it and uh he breaks the news to seth freaking rollins that he is indeed medically cleared so you know they go back and forth a little bit and then we find out that Riddle is not in his mama's basement. And he makes his way to the ring, him and Seamus brawl. Uh, there's going to be a, 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 a consistent theme throughout the show, most likely, um, about the, the pull-aparts uh, this week, it, it, it kind of was restoring the feeling. Hopefully, they don't oh, they don't overdo it uh, or overextend themselves with with including these spots inside of these matches. And that's that's across the board from Raw to Dynamite to SmackDown to all points in between. But yeah, he went. He wanted to start Riddle one more time on on the um, at the announcers desk at the announcers table, but. Yeah, man. Like, Riddle gave chase for as for as best as he could, um, but you know, Seth Rollins, Seth freaking Rollins was able to escape. Um, we then got a hype package, you know, for the United States title match uh, between Bobby Lashley and AJ Styles, which was uh, narrated by Corey Graves. And uh, I have to say kudos to the WWE production team for putting that together. Um, going forward, and they, they were highlighting, um, you know, they're putting some respect on the title, you know, highlighting this talent that you're going to need to have a complete show. You know, you're going to need this talent to open and, uh, and close shows and, you know, depending on how many they're 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 needed. 
Uh, Riddle does make the challenge to uh, backstage. He does challenge Seth Freakin' Rollins to a match at Clash at the Castle. So I imagine. Uh, excuse me. I imagine that after all this, we will finally get our Riddle Rollins match um, that we were supposed to get at SummerSlam. But they held it. They pulled it from the card. They did a couple of entertaining things. And I feel like they will be better off for pulling Riddle versus Rollins off of SummerSlam because now we got this this amazing build that they just recently had. Uh, Veer Mahan defeated Enhancement Talent Bo Keller. Uh, the only thing that I had to say in regards to this match is our Veer and Omos on a collision course. Uh, because Omos essentially was in that same spot the week before. Uh, Dakota Kai uh, was interviewed uh, with Bailey and Io by her side in regards to her match with Dana Brooke. And then, you know, she sees Dana Brooke there and, and pulls up on her and it's like, hey, you know, don't worry, not going to roll you up or anything like that. Don't want your 24-7 title. Um... But Dana says she's ready 24-7. I guess um, they're going to have her ride out ride out her run as the uh, they're going to have her ride out her run as the 24-7 champion. And um, then we have Bobby Lashley Defeating AJ Styles uh, to retain the United States title. Now, there were some people, not going to get into, you know, anything specific to, but I guess if you title your podcast a certain way, it comes off a, a, a certain way. And um, I was getting ready to listen to the podcast, but then other things happened and I didn't feel like that podcast was important enough to listen to. So I'm not sure if I removed that podcast from my feed as of yet. I might still go back and listen to it, but um, who knows at this point? Um, Because, I mean, we're about to embark on a new week of... uh, of, of wrestling but there was a podcast that posed the question was the finish of Bobby versus AJ no 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 excuse me Drew versus Drew versus KO so um, I'm going to jump back to that in, in a second. Oh, oh, that's what it was. So, yeah, I have to go back to, to, uh, I have to go back to Drew versus KO in a second. But with Bobby Lashley versus 
AJ Styles as well as Bobby Lashley versus Ciampa. I was hearing chatter and then obviously seeing the pod, the one podcast asking, was it a good? No, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm getting I'm getting mixed up. The podcast was about Drew versus KO. But for Bobby Lashley versus AJ Styles, I was hearing a lot of uh, why didn't that match main event the show? Uh, because uh, later on, Theory and Ziggler ends up as the main event. And for some reason, people don't seem to really like Theory. And then there, there's still a contingent of people that don't like Ziggler for some reason. And people were saying that, you know, Lashley, AJ should have main evented. Now, the only thing I can say about that in terms of why you wouldn't want to, um, why you wouldn't want to main event Bobby Lashley versus AJ Styles as far as, as far as the Raw side of things is Raw is three hours. And typically with Raw, you you would the first and second hour get the ratings. So that's from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. Two hour block. Who would have thought? Um, but the third hour usually doesn't perform well that 10 to 11 spot usually doesn't perform well so you save bobby versus aj for the final hour essentially basically you can't hold it any longer because there's a good chance that people won't be available to assist And it's the third hour, so a lot of people might watch that first two hours. At least that's the trend of based off seeing the numbers. And they go to sleep. Or 10 o'clock, 10 o'clock, they can't wait for the 11 o'clock news. Maybe they turn to the 10 o'clock news or, you know, it, it just is what it is. <clears throat> and then you also have the... I believe, if I'm not, Raw might be live across the board. Um, once it starts at 8 o'clock Eastern, it's also on at 5 Eastern, I believe, on the West Coast. But I could be wrong about that. You know, somebody on the West Coast could correct me as to uh, if they get it live when the East Coast gets it or if they get it, like, delayed. Um, and they get it in the regular, they get it inside the regular eight o'clock time slot. So I'm not, I'm not exactly sure about that. So you either put a match like Lashley versus AJ, you either put that in the first hour, the second hour, or at the start, <clears throat> excuse me, or at the start of the third hour, 
um, in an attempt to keep people from, you know, saying, hey, it's, it's bedtime or switching to the news or, you know, doing any other um, type of activity that doesn't that that prevents them from finishing watching Monday Night Raw. Uh, so yeah, we got we got Bobby Lashley winning that match. You know, Miz and Ciampa showed up to interfere, and Dexter Loomis appeared for some reason again. But he got thwarted whatever plan he was going for. Like he hopped the barricade, he got over the barricade this week, but then security was quickly able to swarm him. Somehow Corey Graves also got in the mix. Uh, so like when they came back from commercial break and they were bringing up Dexter Loomis, Corey Graves wanted no parts of it. <laughs> and um, yeah, you know, Lashley, you know, he picked up another, another win that, that, that puts some more respect on the United States title. Uh, we'll get into um we'll get into the uh the intercontinental title um once we get to SmackDown. But uh yeah, uh like I was saying, Dakota Kai, uh she beat she beat Dana Brooke. No twenty four seven shenanigans. Uh so that that that's another interesting note that we haven't seen even with Bailey and company joking about, you know, not attacking her or rolling her up or ambushing her and stuff like that uh, in order to win the uh, the 24-7 title. It feels like no one else cares about winning that title anymore as well, because we haven't seen the the flash mob, you know, run in or do any type of, you know, backstage shenanigans to try to win back or to try to win the uh, 24-7 title. So I think they're just waiting for the right time to do... It looks like they must be... I feel like they're gearing up to do something with that 24-7 title before they get rid of it or retire it or whatever or vacate it and, you know, get it, get it pushed out the way to where... To where it's just like, oh, well, remember that time they used to have a 24-7 title? Obviously, it was supposed to be a non-hardcore version of when Crash Holly won, obviously won the Cruiserweight title. And then, uh, yeah, we got to the main event. Theory was able to pick up the victory over Dolph Ziggler. Um, comparing the matches, yeah, uh, maybe Bobby Lashley versus AJ Styles should have main evented when, when you look at the match quality, but like I said, Raw being three hours long, you kind of understand when you look at it in that perspective that to have, to have Bobby Lashley and AJ Styles earlier in the show makes a lot more sense. Now, if this is SmackDown and something like this happens, then there's a problem because, you know, 
SmackDown runs in that solid 8 to 10 window. Raw's ratings, pretty good, if not decent, if not great, inside the uh, the first couple of buildings. But, you know, being, being a two-hour show, you, you can put on that type of main event. Being, being a three-hour show, you got to figure you need something that's going to hook the fans for the third hour. And, and unfortunately, saying, I don't think, I don't think announcing Bobby versus AJ explicitly as the main event would have had people wait around until 10.30, 10.45, whatever time it was in order to watch that match. So you get that match, which is a gift and a curse because, I mean, it's like a similar thing with, with Rampage, which that'll probably be something brief that I talk about. But you can't tell me, hey, this match is on the show. So now I'm anticipating this match. The same thing with Edge versus uh, Damian Priest. So I'm not sure if it's going to main event, but that was the match that was hyped the most for this upcoming show. So theoretically, somebody could watch that match. You know, damage happens, you know, whatever, collateral. It is what it is, but... Uh, You have to ask yourself, hey, should I put this match as the main event or should I put this match at the main event? If I put this match at the main event and I promote it, who's the same people even stick around that long to watch it? Like there's a there like wrestling, watching wrestling, consuming wrestling, that 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 can lead to a lot of fatigue. So you know, in a roundabout way, I agree with Theory and Dolph Ziggler main event in Monday Night Raw over Bobby Lashley and AJ Styles. But don't get it twisted. Bobby Lashley versus AJ Styles was the main event of Monday Night Raw. Um, besides the impromptu Drew McIntyre versus Kevin Owens match. And I'm going back to that match because, like I said, there was a podcast that was actually if uh the finish to that match was a good was a was it a was it a good finish or was it a bad finish uh with the usos interfering and attacking drew mcintyre leading to ko getting disqualified and then you know uh kevin owens does what he does and saves uh the usos by at least moment at least at that initial moment giving Drew McIntyre a stunner and then him saying, you know, to the Usos uh, to tell them that Roman owes him one. And it's just like, there's a lot of, there, there, there are uh, multiple stories going on there. And, and it's like, do you want to give away um, because Drew couldn't lose, obviously going into the 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 world, the undisputed universal, you know, title title match. You know, Drew couldn't lose 
he couldn't lose that match. But at the same time, you're building Kevin Owens up. So he couldn't lose the match, but it's just how do we have him lose the match? The best benefit is him losing the match and still having something to do as a heel that would continue to have the heat on him. And I'd say job well done across the board. We have multiple feuds, you know, currently going on. And then we have other feuds, which um, we'll get to on SmackDown. But, you know, at the present time, at the present time, we have, which that's something that, um, that's something that people are talking about happening, which we'll, we'll get more in depth into it on SmackDown, but people are talking about Kevin Owens teaming back up with Sami Zayn to go up against the Usos. So, you know, we'll, we'll get more into that when, when we get to SmackDown, but yeah, I don't, I don't know why that pod wanted to ask if, you know, that was a good or a bad finish. It was like, yo, there, there, there was no bad finish. I mean, just because it was a disqualification doesn't make it a bad finish. Um, mm. <laughs> I was getting ready to be like, speaking of bad finishes, you know, trying, trying to, you know, trying to improve my segues. Uh, AW Dynamite. And like, like I said, um, NXT, uh, you can actually listen to on the feed, uh, the two episodes, Word on NXT and Heat Wave leads to spoiler alert. I believe they're, they're back to back episodes, episodes nine, uh, uh, 11 and 12 maybe or 10 and 11 something like that um but yeah you, you can you can get my my views on uh nxt and then i should have another one coming up um probably wednesday or thursday um uh, like i said another another nxt another nxt episode of uh the word on wrestling But yeah, we 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 start the we start the we start dynamite hot, basically, and it probably was the hottest part that you know that that we're gonna get on this on this particular program at least for this week. Like I feel like there wasn't anything that stood out to me that made me go, "Wow, tune in this week!" More than what, more than what we got as far as the 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 the, the the opening, the opening of the show. Um, CM Punk comes out and ends up. He, he says like he has you know important, I guess news or something like to that effect. Like I forgot the specific words, uh, but then he also had some unimportant stuff to get to. And the unimportant stuff 
was him giving Adam Page a rematch. Of course, Adam Page doesn't show up. And that was interesting to me because I had to wonder to myself, um, once I saw Rampage and there was no Adam there was there was no Adam Page, it kind of was like, oh, okay, that that explains it. But apparently there's more to it than that. Because if you recall, there's there's a couple of a couple of segments or a couple of interviews that Adam Adam Page uh, has done uh, right before Double or Nothing. Him and him and CM Punk are face to face, and he does the whole. I'm not defending the AEW World Title against you. I'm defending all elite wrestling from you. Sorry, I had to mute the mic for a second. I needed to uh, to get some water. Right, so yeah, I'm not defending the AEW world title against you. I'm defending AEW. AW from you. Right? Apparently that was not supposed to be said. Don't get me wrong. That was amazing. That to me was the most amazing thing that I've had or heard that I've seen or heard Adam Page do in AEW. Like I was not on board. Everybody every there was people that was like from the rip that I guess followed the elite and I guess with his size and the way he wrestles because he can pull off the power moves and he can kind of hang with the high flowers a little bit like like he has like the 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 uh the 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 moon salt to the outside and off off the uh off like the middle rope or whatever and he would always land on his feet and things like that. Then he has like his buckshot lariat, like he has, and he has in, in a dead eye. So you know, he has, he has, uh, he has uh, identifying, identifying signature moves and finishers. And now he has his his cowboy shiznit chant and everything like that. So it's one of those deals where it's like he has a lot of things that are identifiable. Where where you can say, oh, that's Adam Page. And for what it's worth, I actually, I mean, I listened to Cornette was talking about how he, you know, th- you know, th- that the promo or whatever that he did that he cut at that time was not good. But I thought it was an amazing promo. I did not care about Adam Page versus CM Punk until Adam Page said, I'm not defending the... Uh, AEW world title against you. I'm defending all elite wrestling as in the whole company from CM Punk. And with what's happening right now, 
in retrospect, those were some bars. Like they were bars then, but now even more so. And like one of the things is it's like a lot of stuff coming out backstage where apparently part of uh Adam Page saying that I uh, it's called Cabana. Cause cause you know Colt Cabana is or was I mean, I think he's still listed as a member, but we haven't seen him uh, since the, let's see. No, no, he was not one of the six. When they went to Rochester, he was not one of the six in the ring. There was Evil Uno. There was Silver Reynolds. There was 10. There was negative one. And there was um, Anna J. And then Anna J. Well, obviously, negative uh, one can't go everywhere. So typically, you only see him in Jacksonville, or like for that episode when they were in in uh, Bro- Mr. Brody Lee's um, John Huber's uh, Luke, or you know, probably know him in WWE as Luke Harper. Uh, they were in his hometown. I'm not sure if that's where the hoop, the the Hubers. I'm not sure if that's where they live. And then I guess maybe they relocated to Jacksonville for that for that time frame of like I, I'm not exactly sure how that family dynamic works, but he uh, he was there as and, and it was six. Like when you count, and they say the six of us were not going anywhere. Those were the six. Now, obviously, he can't be on the show. He's still a kid. He's still going to school, doing this, that, and the third. So that left five. Like, Colt Cabana, no, five was already gone. But I'm talking about, like, five actual members of the Dark Order. And uh, we saw Colt Cabana on, the only time I've seen him, he hasn't even been on Dark, apparently. Um, like, like I, I went back and I looked at his cage match and like the last time he was on dark was he was actually teaming with five. <laughs> Funny enough, um, Island Angels and they lost to Butcher and Blade that that was like the that was like early April. Uh, but outside of that, the only two matches he's had that are that are AEW or ROH related was he had a match on he, it was on it was on the zero hour part of of the two ROH pay-per-views. Uh he had one match at Supercard of Honor, which which I believe that was uh WrestleMania weekend. And then at the most recent pay-per-view Death Before Dishonor, he had a match. But as far as AEW is concerned, like I said, the last match that he had was the tag match with Island Angels, who has since left. AEW. He's been on the independence and he had a match on Impact for the X Division title. So yeah, man, like like I haven't even got to like the real, real good stuff, but apparently CM Punk was not supposed to challenge Adam Page, even though Adam Page himself stated that he did not want to be inside of the Battle Royal that they had or the casino battle Royale that it ended up becoming on dynamite. 
that Kyle O'Reilly won to face John Moxley in the main event, and then the winner of that would go to Forbidden Door, and they would wrestle to become the interim a the AEW interim world champion. Uh, Page decided not to enter that battle royal, and then that's when he said the whole thing about there's more than one world title. And he threw his name in the hat for the IWGP and ended up inside the four-way when J, uh, Jay White pinned uh, a maybe not so healthy Adam Cole. So yeah, man, like there's a lot of there's a lot of fire behind that smoke. You know, they, they lighting up them the, the the wicks of those dynamites are getting lit backstage in AEW, and and. And I'm not saying they're going to go out of business because that, that seems to be a trope that a lot of people like to go to uh, when when things when when things like this come to when things like this come to light in AEW. And it's like it's hard to say like a, that if a company is going to go out of business when you look at the run that TNA Impact is on and the run that prior to the sale that no matter up or down like because i guess people were saying it was like that that they were down they were down bad after the elite and other talent left for for aw um roh but they were still doing their thing like i think i think the pandemic was was like the big was like the big thing that really that really could have and and actually did cripple a lot of companies uh, wrestling included, but you know these companies did, you know, fight their way through it. Like some of them took longer breaks. You know, some some had to hunker down and and you know uh, isolated and isolate themselves in one location. But to be around for twenty years. Like to have uh, to have a longer run than WCW. Now, obviously, they did operate as NWA under the NWA um, banner for a time, and then WCW. At least when I started watching, I believe it was called WCW, but NWA was still attached. And then to break away from that. And to be solely WCW, that that WC them being branded as just WCW, they didn't go as long as Impact or TNA Impact had, has gone since their split from the NWA. So for them to have this run that they've had. It's kind of like looking at them and then seeing where AEW is, is like, and then seeing the money, because the, the money, the money plays a big part of it, where Ted Turner sold WCW, and then WCW was still going and then the people that bought WCW from Ted Turner said, you know what? We don't want this anymore. And then that's when Eric Bischoff was supposed to buy the company. The TV deal was still supposed to, was, I guess that was supposed to be a part of what they were negotiating. 
But then they said, well, when we sell this, we don't want you on our TV. Uh, we don't want you on our on our channels anymore. So Bischoff and the people that was backing him, like whoever he was partnered with, said, well, we're not going to buy the company without the television rights, without the television deal, because they still had the TV deal. But it's just at the time they were pulling the plug. They said, no, we don't want this. We don't want wrestling anymore on our. So because, I mean, you can have a TV deal. It's the same thing with. I hate to say it, but it's the same thing with when a wrestler gets released. We saw that happen to WCW. So everybody talks about AEW's television deal. And now it's the situation where the, the 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 television company doesn't own AEW, but they have, you know, some type of monetary stake in it um, as far as from my understanding as to how AEW gets funded. But Tony Khan owns it. So if something were to happen with as far as the television deal, which a lot of people are saying, oh, they're, lo- they're going to lose their TV deal or, you know, um, once the TV deal is up, you know, TBS, TNT is not going to want them or whatever. But I think that's a little drastic. <laughs> and I still haven't gotten into the rest, back into the rest of the show. I haven't gotten, I'm still in the opening segment. But like the... The backstage stuff that 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 happens in, in in AEW, you 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 would hope you would hope that that's not going to lead to any type of downfall. But yeah, so Adam Page, uh, like from what I'm hearing, is he went off script. Like they're saying, Punk went off script just now. Like any type of uh, punk versus page match, like it, it, it's only you can only wonder what what type of receipts or stiff shots could take place in a match like that. Like it probably wouldn't even be in the best interest to even run a punk versus page two. But quiet is kept. That is, there's potential for that match to happen. Um, because AEW has really positioned Adam Page as one of the guys, if not the guy, their guy. And in my opinion, his championship run flopped and it flopped hard. No matter who he got put in the ring with, like his best two, like after the two, after the draw with Danielson and then him beating Danielson in the match where they had the judges in case they went to another time limit draw. Outside of those two matches, I was not feeling Adam Page's title run or his lead up to the title run one bit at all. Uh, I still feel initially he should have been one of those guys that that would have been slotted along with Cody um, for the TNT title in the in the beginning. But, you know, they they went ahead. And by then, he was already a a, a tag team champion. And he was also, 
one of the first people to fight for the AEW world title. Like, coming out the gate, he wins the Casino Battle Royale to get the title shot. He loses to Jericho at All Out. He wins the tag titles with Kenny Omega. And then, like, I don't know if his... The timing of of the of of his wife giving uh, having a child and him stepping away for for a little bit. I don't know if the timing of that messed everything up because it seemed like it seemed like they were on their way to giving him the title shot at All Out. It appeared, but then he lost the match, had to go away. Then he shows back up. And I don't remember if, if it was Full Gear or if it was Revolution. Was it Revolution when he won the title or was it Full Gear? I think it was Full Gear when he won the title, right? If I'm not mistaken. I mean, I, I could look it up. Like, Google is right like right here. Google is your best friend. And uh, give me one quick second. Let me see. Adam Page. Uh... Try to see which one of these is quicker. Looks like the phone is quicker. Uh, give me one quick second. Kenny. Why am I typing in Kenny Omega? Adam Page. You know, we can get to Kenny Omega later. Uh, but look, real quick. Adam Page, not Adam Lambert or Adam Levine. Don't know why. The uh, Here we go. Adam, Adam, when, when, when did you win it? When did you win the world title? Championships, championships, world championship. Let's see. Okay, they're kind of. They're kind of jumping around with the history. Okay, here we go. This is what I need. I needed the title rings. Okay, yes, he wanted that full gear. He wanted that full gear because he made the comeback and was like a surprise on Dynamite and uh, won the casino ladder match. Yeah, that's what that that's what happened. So, yeah, like. He had actually lost. He lost the match that was supposed to prevent him from going up against Kenny Omega for the title in the first place. Wow. And the title has been won at every pay-per-view so far. I mean, not every paper. Well, All Out was the crowning of the inaugural champion all out 2019 then uh that's when chris jericho beat adam page that that's interesting um and then moxley won it at revolution in february of 2020 and then uh adam page won it at full gear 2021 and then cm punk won it at double or nothing 2022 um Oh yeah, and then John Moxley won the interim title 
June 2022 at, you know, Forbidden Door. So, yeah, that's that's interesting. <clears throat> Excuse me. But yeah, let's 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 let us let us get back into it. I mean, I, I pretty much said my piece on 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 um on the Adam Page part. So CM Punk gets up or whatever after Adam Page doesn't come out, which I'm surprised that he was not in the building, like because he was not on either program. So I'm, I, I imagine that he was not in the building at all, unless he somehow teamed up with Dark Auto on on Dark Elevation or something. Um, yeah, he he wasn't in the building at all, apparently. Um, I mean, or if he was in the building, he probably was just back there. Like I don't know, they probably was like, "Look, man, we trying we, we trying to stay on script here." But you would think that if, if his name was said, Adam Page, his character, he would have been somebody that would have come out. Especially considering that he said he didn't want to wrestle for the interim title. Like he wanted to wrestle the champion. Like the same, similar to what Wardlow said. But Wardlow, he went on to, to win a different title. But Paige, I guess at this point in time, he's above the you know the, any of the other titles, uh, so he's kind of stuck in that limbo of either he's gonna have to have like personal feuds, or he's gonna have to have feuds for the uh, for the AEW World Title. Um, but yeah, so you know, Punk, you know, he puts over the he puts over the, you know the, the 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 title or whatever the belt, and um. He starts going in on John Moxley, you know, Eddie Kingston. And, um, you know, by proxy, Eddie Kingston. But in particular, John Moxley calling him the third best person in his group again. So I, I imagine he's saying um, that Danielson and Claudio are both better than him inside the Blackpool Comedy Club. And then he's saying, uh, you know, Roman Reigns and Seth freaking Rollins were better than him inside the Shield. And granted, he worked closely with the Shield and he was involved in their debut uh, story, even though they did beat him up a little bit as as well <laughs> when they came out and attacked John Cena. <clears throat> but then they did the whole story where, like, the Shield worked for CM Punk. And I don't recall if they did too much afterwards as far as like having any type of feuds. Um, but <clears throat> I think they did. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I don't think they did. But I don't I think if they did, they didn't do too much with it um, before CM Punk eventually left. And then, of course, you you know, you have you have Moxley leave. But. But, yeah, like. CM Punk was on one, man. And, and 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 for as much flack as I gave or I give CM Punk, like even to last even to his return the week the week prior with him still limping, and I felt that that spot should have been should have been Brian Danielson's spot, especially considering that he was in the building and he did the he did the promo on on Rampage 
to set up this two out of three falls. Well, they already had announced the two out of three falls match by then, but um, they 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 hyped the whole. Are you the best uh, technical sports entertainer, or are you the best technical wrestler? And then you know Danielson kind of left Garcia in the ring to kind of like take in that statement. So I, I I always felt that they could have held the, the CM Punk return and they didn't need to do a run in and, and have him save John Moxley. Like they could have had uh, Brian Danielson make that save and you keep that as a Blackpool combat club type of thing i bet you thought i was going to say comedy but i'm about to say comedy right now but <laughs> not having daniel uh brian danielson in that spot cm punk beats up the whole jas by himself and yeah they definitely looked like the blackpool comedy club and friends for the simple fact that this one-footed man, they lost to the one-footed man, the one-legged man, the one-footed man. Like, the JAS was not supposed to go out like that. Like, you got the Blackpool Comedy Club down, minus Brian Danielson, and you have Eddie Kingston and Ortiz down. And... So that's that's five. You had you got five guys down, and and it's just like, I think what is it like seven members of the JAS. So you've already beat down five guys. <laughs> nice burgers and fries, by the way. <laughs> and then you lose to a guy that's limping. One guy. Like you, 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 you abandon your whole strategy inside the ring. Like Punk's gonna have to get inside the ring if Punk wants a piece of you guys, and he wants to save these five individuals. He wants to save Moxley, Claudio, Wheeler, Ortiz, and Kingston. He's gonna have to get in the ring. But no, you guys, a few, like at least. Two or three, I want to say, leave the ring. Punk gets the upper hand on you and gets in the ring. So, I don't know. It's like, yeah, man, eventually, eventually Moxley gets pissed and he decides to come out. CM Punk, knowing that the Moxley entrance is going to take a while, decides to make snow angels. And sings the groovy part of Wild Thing while doing it. And um, I think it was JR. JR, I don't know. His his commentary ain't what it used to be. Like, you can still hear his distinctive voice and you go, oh, yeah. But then when you hear, like, what he actually says, like, I guess I can get into it now. Like, the acclaimed... Um, he always like patronizes them with his listen, listen, yo. And it's like, 
you old white man, if you don't stop making fun of this, if you don't stop making fun of my culture, like, like I appreciate everything you did in, in wrestling, and, and I enjoyed your commentary growing up. You were the voice of my childhood, and then like, like in late, and then it shifted to, to Michael Cole because, like I said, I've always been a big WWE guy. But you got to cut it out. Like I, I really seriously, and, and that's how I know Ty's not black. <laughs> Because, I mean, growing up, obviously, you know, the, the whole Brooklyn thing, I kind of leaned toward Taz being black. Especially, like, I think I might have still been in Brooklyn when, when ECW was, like, bubbling. But I think I might have had just left. I don't know. But, you know, oh, he from Brooklyn? Oh, he got, like, this this way about him? He from Red Hook? Oh, Taz black. <laughs> but now I know for sure. It took him going to AEW for me to realize and for me to see how pale and white Hook is the, to, to realize, like, oh, oh, wow, wow, Taz is not black. Because <laughs> you would think if he was, that Hook would have had some remnants. I mean, you could like hip-hop all you want, but, yeah, Hook is a white boy <laughs> or whatever. Like, like, I don't know what specific part of Caucasian hook is but yeah he's he's not african-american so it took seeing it kind of took seeing hook to go wait a minute uh, taz ain't black but taz going along like like even like i don't know i, I would still be offended at, at jr patronizing the whole that that whole bit but you know i'm kind of kind of you know strain away strain away um because that's how long it took John Moxley to get in the ring. Like I can talk about other things going on on the show, and and and, and then come back to this. And Moxley's probably still not in the ring, but eventually he gets in the ring. He's like, "Yo, this belt don't mean nothing because I haven't beat you." And he throws the belt down. So CM Punk throws his belt down. Then they want to go at it or whatever. And um, Punk is like, "Well." We have a match at the beginning of September. You know what I'm saying? At the pay-per-view. You know, I said what I said, basically. And, you know. So then they start fighting. And, you know, security comes, breaks it up, whatever, whatever. You know, everything all well and good. And, um, yeah. I mean, it was what it was. Uh, we got some some build towards probably one of the, one of the feuds that I'm more interested in above the the world title. No matter how I feel about one of the guys, it's probably one of the better things that AEW is doing right now. And it's funny to say that because uh, there's one part of it that I kind of have a little little issue with. Um. And like I said, even though I don't like one of the guys in it, because he kind of put some information out there, like it was like a well, actually, or like when you hear something about somebody and then somebody, you hear something bad about somebody and then somebody else will come along like, oh, that person's my neighbor. You know, I never would have thought, you know, because my experience with them, you know. He he helped me get my groceries in the house. And it's like, 
what does him bringing helping you bring groceries in the house have to do with him hitting his wife for example like not to get too not to get too far off topic but like I'll probably never get over will I'll, I'll probably never get over Hobbs coming out and tweaking out all that stuff after Big Swole, you know, spoke her piece about AEW. And then, you know, you had Hobbs, you had um, Sean Dean, you had Ty Conti or Ty Mello now come out and, and, and say their piece that because she, she already, she already big Tony up about the whole, you know, that she had already, she had already big Tony up about how Tony give it up or whatever. And those, you know, those after those after show settings and to have people try to step on what she said to this day doesn't sit right with me. Like I'll see people cheering, cheering these people. And I'm like, yeah, I don't remember when, XYZ happened because it's still rather recent. It's still rather fresh because then you turn around and you and, 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 and certain people get cheered in the other company. Oh, people going to dig deep in them past and be like, oh, remember when this happened? This is why I don't cheer for this person. And it's like not to be funny, even though this is the Blackpool Comedy Club, this is the part of the joke where the comedian would go, oh, why are you bringing up old stuff? So people are kind of doing that right now when it comes to a lot of the AEW talent. But over there with that, in, 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 in that WWE, you could have did one thing as, as a, as a fort. You could have been 14 years old. You could have smacked the girl's butt while she played double dutch. You got your ass whooped afterwards by your parents. Or you got scared straight uh, by, you know, you know, like getting getting the threat of going to jail or whatever put put in you, getting the fear of going to jail put in you, getting your ass whooped by your parents and stuff like that. Or like in the case of like if you ever seen the wood. Not sure how many how many of my listeners, how many of you guys listen that are in my demographic of somebody that would have seen the wood. I mean, obviously, anybody could have seen the wood, especially now being that it's, you know, it, it hopefully should be more accessible. Um, if not on a streaming service, it should be a, you should be able to somehow watch this movie. I imagine it got to be on one of the streaming services at minimum. It got to be on at least one or somehow popping up on your on. Like if you if you still have cable or satellite, like it should and you have the movie channels. I mean, but then it should be old enough to where it should come on regular channels as well, like your CBS or your NBC, your Fox, your your uh, your CW, <clears throat> your NBC. Um, or one of the, you know, TBS, TNT, for example, like, I'm pretty sure at some point there was the opportunity was there for you to watch the wood. And, you know, the, 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 the child, the, 
the the character that Omar Epps plays as an adult, his character as 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 in in high school. Uh, I want to say it was Reagan. Is it? I don't want to botch her name. Um, Reagan Preston Gomez, I believe, is who it is. I, I could I could be wrong, but I think it's her. Uh, that plays Alicia. And you know they're doing double dutch because I mean that's what kids did back then. Kids, unfortunately, the girls played double dutch. And then, as an immature guy, either you or uh, one of your homeboys, whether there was a bet or not, in this case, there was a bet. And it was like, yo, I bet you won't touch her ass. Yeah, it's, it's, it's fucked up now. Excuse, excuse my language. When, when you think back at it. And, and you realize, like, like, yeah, that was sexual assault. And you're lucky. So, so now you you, you kind of think in hindsight, like, damn, I'm lucky. I I, I only got away with an ass whooping. Because the one time I did it, which I even I did, actually didn't even touch touch any of the girls asses, which was which was like 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 as a kid in my head, after I got the ass whooping, I was like, damn, I should have <laughs> I was like, damn, I should have touched their ass for all of that. But then I'm like, in my head, I'm like, I'm glad I didn't touch her ass. Because I know in my head, I, I didn't touch her ass. But I shouldn't have got in line with the guys that did touch her ass and like i'm getting like off subject but like that 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 and it's definitely not to that level but that's how i felt about will hobbs jumping in there with the because then it's like oh not my boy he wouldn't do that to a girl But he made it look like he did. Got his ass whooped for it. But so I mean, yeah, a lot of people kind of like, oh, all right, yeah, yeah. We don't have that much black talent in AEW. Will Hobbs is one of the black talent that we do get to see on TV. Uh, he's one of the guys that they appear to be pushing. That they appear to be pushing. And I don't know the way he brushed off WWE. Huh. That boy might be stuck. <laughs> like they might, they they. I don't know. It's weird. I guess we'll have to see how negotiations go with AEW once his contract is coming up, and, and then we'll have to see if if WWE wants to tamper. <laughs> Which I need to find out more about that story. I I, I really kind of like just brush that off as business as business because you see how quick people show up on other shows, at least in the past, but. I don't know. It is what it is. Because um, I guess if you don't get released, your contract expires. You can show up wherever you want, like, that next day. Um, so, like, whenever that Cole's contract expired, 
he could have pulled up to dynamite whatever that first free day was where he where he was no longer getting paid by wwe but then obviously you know you gotta do whatever it is you gotta do but yeah that's neither here nor there ricky starks will hops that has potential i feel like it shouldn't be happening now i feel like right now they should be the tag champs instead of 52 in our glory which that's proven by what happens on Rampage. But I feel like they should be the tag champs right now. And then you still could have ran the same story because Will Hobbs finally explains himself, which it makes sense. And I kind of figured that that's along the lines of where they were going. Uh, Cause you know, Starks was talking about, Oh man, we lost or, you know, whatever I lost. Uh, and me and Will Hobbs, he was getting ready. I guess he was getting ready to say, we're going to come back stronger than ever. We're going to go after the tag team titles, whatever, whatever. But the fact that, you know, it's like, keep my name out your mouth, yo. <laughs> you talk about being a loser, and then you're going to go me and Will Hobbs. So Will beat his ass. Makes sense. It, it, made per- it makes perfect sense. So he finally got to explain himself. And he's like, yeah, man, you, you're okay with being a loser. I'm not. I was I was brought in to protect you. And 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 then you go and do this. Like you go and lose the title. Like granted you lost at the hook, but come on, bro. Like like you're a loser. You're a loser. So he's like, yo, I'm gonna take care of you. And if the factory is on some come is come sideways, I'm gonna take care of the factory. So, I don't know. It's kind of wild because I don't think Will Hobbs should, as a heel, I don't feel like, I mean, I I, I, I like the fact that he threatened them. But I, I would hold off on anything going forward with Will Hobbs in the factory until you're ready to turn Will Hobbs' face. Like, if you if you want to turn Will Hobbs' face, him running through the whole entirety of the factory is how you do it. You you make a hierarchy of of the factory members, and then you have to decide where where do you slot QT? Because I think if I'm AEW and and, and I want to make this guy a big deal, I put Anthony Agogo last. So, and that that's wild that Cole Carter and Anthony Agogo are both in the faction together. I don't know if they even referenced you know the whole gut punching thing. <laughs> So I don't know unless they addressed it on Dark, but or on BTE or whatever it is, or if or if QT or one of those guys has their own their own vlog or whatever. But but yeah, man, like it seems like they're heading toward all out with that one, and I'm I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. Um, and then we got the two out of three falls match. I mean, there's not really much else I can say as far as like Garcia and, 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 and Brian Danielson. I'm still trying to rack my brain as to what 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 it is that Cornette does not see or like about Daniel Garcia outside of him, quote unquote. Because, I mean, honestly, when he first came on the scene, I, I do feel like he was being exposed, uh, you know, too much. Because uh, they, they were doing a lot with him in 2.0 prior to any of those three guys having um, all elite contracts. 
and then obviously now all three are in the Jericho Appreciation Society, and Daniel Garcia's name was one of the uh, was was one of the three that was brought up um, when Brian Danielson was first pitching um, prior to the uh, Blackpool Comedy Club or Blackpool Combat Club becoming a thing. When he was pitching, forming the group with John Moxley and, and mentoring people, Daniel Garcia was one of the three names. Uh, there might have been a fourth. I think maybe the Martin kid, Dante. I, I think he probably. I'm trying to remember. I, I'm, I'm, I, I kind of wish I. I couldn't remember if his name was mentioned or not. But they. But Lee Moriarty, uh, Willa Yuta, and, and Daniel Garcia were definitely the, the three names that were mentioned. So it was kind of interesting that they would get Will and Yuta. And then you had um, Jericho just come and snatch Daniel Garcia. But now he brought Sammy back. So it's like, all right, um, what do we do with uh, Daniel Garcia? So it's kind of interesting how it played out because it does feel like Garcia is on his way to the Blackpool Comedy Club. Maybe um, help restore the feeling get blackpool combat club back up to where 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 they where they were supposed to be you know until they lost anarchy in the rain um and then garcia slept um daniel uh brian danielson and you know you know claudio was involved in that whole mess with the roh world title even though he might you know he uh, his only Part of it was winning the title, but him and Gresham had a, had a match that I guess they agreed upon. But now he's going to be putting the title on the line against Dustin Rhodes. So, yeah, I kind of do got to put Cesaro inside of, you know, Blackpool Comedy Club um, status. This is going to be hard for you guys to shake that label from me. Interesting, though, um, only Jericho was on commentary. There was no William Regal. So kind of kind of curious to, to see what potentially what potentially led to uh, there being no William Regal um, this week. Uh Speaking of sleeping, Daniel Garcia slept uh, Brian Danielson to win the first fall uh, inside the, uh, he called it the Dragon Slayer. Like, I believe it's like a um, a Dragon Sleeper, but the way he locks it in, I don't recall seeing anybody lock it in the way he locked it in. Like, he locked the one arm and then came around with the, the sleeper. Like if you see like the Dragon Sleeper that Ivy now does it um, over in Diamond Mine and NXT, she does like she does a Dragon Sleeper. So I think hers is standing. Yeah, hers is standing. And like she reaches behind her own back and grabs the other the person's um, arm or whatever, and then. She uh, she locks on the sleeper as the dragon sleeper, whereas I believe um, Garcia somehow hooks the arm, 
and then it's like in a camel clutch type of position where he's on like the guy's back. Like, I don't recall if he also has the legs, but he definitely has the dragon sleeper on. And like it, yeah, it definitely looks legit. But then um, Brian Danielson came back and won the last two falls. So technically, it's two falls to two. And then in terms of winning a match, it's 1-1. So I feel like there's room for a third match. And I think they should have saved the two out of three falls. For like they 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 could have had um they could have still did a one on one match this show and then ran it back at all out after you know Danielson gets his win back you know but whatever that's that's me nitpicking um the ending where Jericho got involved I uh, I, I I'm not it's it's weird though because if you watch their match from years ago from the first episode of NXT when NXT was a quote-unquote game show so for as much flack as people gave uh NXT if you look at the actual matches on that version of NXT you'll change your mind about about NXT um but yeah uh Daniel Bryan versus versus the the world I, I believe he was still world heavyweight champ at the time uh Chris Jericho when when Jericho was coaching uh Wade Barrett, I believe, if if I recall. If I recall correctly. Who did Miz have? Or did Miz have Barrett? I think I want to say Jericho had Barrett. Yeah, Miz had Daniel Bryan. <laughs> I'm tripping. Yeah, Miz had Daniel Bryan because then the next year he had, in the second season, he had Alex Riley. But yeah, Jericho had Wade Barrett. So yeah, like uh, Daniel Bryan versus Jericho. If you were to watch that match and then hear that they're potentially going to be wrestling at All Out, you'd be like, yo, I want in. This is going to be epic. So, I guess it depends on what Jericho shows up with determining my level of excitement for a Brian Danielson versus Chris Jericho match at All Out. And this would make a year since Daniel Bryan has been with the company. So, so that's interesting. Um, but yeah, um, somehow they got to through through the match. I thought. This, the first fall with um, Danielson, well, not the first fall, because the first fall, Danielson went to sleep. But the second fall, he somehow rolls up Garcia. But you can see, like, with Garcia, how he was going, like, back and forth, his shoulder was clearly off the mat. And it wasn't like a... Like, they never even, like, alluded to it being off the mat. I don't know. I don't know. It, uh, but, you know, whatever. Uh, so, 
we're going to get uh, 52 in our glory. Is going to be facing private party for the tag titles on Rampage. And I have to always ask myself, every time I look at the cards and I see like a certain match, there's it feels like there's there's matches on Rampage or there's segments on Rampage that need to happen on Dynamite and vice versa to where there's stuff on Dynamite that's not needed. It's like, yo, you could have put something else here and put this on Rampage. Because people people don't care about this. People don't want to see this. Why are, why are you putting this in front of a million viewers and then putting your tag champs in front of half a million viewers? Like I'm rounding up and, you know, just using absolute numbers, like more, you know, simple to simplify the, the numbers. But for the most part, Dynamite hovers to where they can get to a million depending if they run like a really really big show like grand slam i'm pretty sure would do a million i'm not sure if maybe the all out uh maybe one of those shows the the either the one before the one after one or both of those could potentially break a million but uh for sure for sure grand slam should break a million um at the end of september but you don't get You can't get a million like like I, I, I like that match is coming up that 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 should have been on Rampage. And then you could have had the tag title match on Dynamite like they already wrestled that day. So why not have the more important match be on your more important show? Um, apparently, Tony Nice was supposed to have a match on on Dynamite, which. It wasn't advertised at all. So it kind of was like word, and I was so confused because I, I I was getting ready to check to see if they announced like oh Tony Tony Nice in action or Tony Nice versus so and so, but Moxley pulled up and totally wiped this dude out, and this is where we get to the comedy part of the uh, Blackpool Comedy Club. Moxley calls out Punk. He wants to unify the titles tonight. Obviously, we already have it in play that they're going to be wrestling at All Out. So, well and good. This is actually one of the few times where AEW has guys, performers, come out for multiple segments. Multiple matches, segments, what what have you. Um, besides, like any type of like backstage, quick backstage interview or whatever. Um, this isn't something that they do often. They normally have a guy. It's like, oh, you're you're going to be in segment one. They do segment one. You don't hear from them the rest of the day. Or hey, you're in the main event. You don't hear from this this talent until the main event. Like that's a lot of how. To, uh, Tony Khan would book it, but for some reason, maybe it's the CM Punk effect, but they opened the show, they had the one, they, 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 they had, you know, the quick backstick, like the quick bill, uh, 
they had the we got a long two out of three falls match we and then we got a build toward another match then we got another match that was teased moxley you know obliterates uh tony niece and then we get oh by the way ricky ricky steamboat was in the building as as the guest uh guest timekeeper or something like that for, for the for, for the two out of three falls match and then i believe he was in the crowd the rest of the way for the most part i guess whatever they needed him in the crowd he was in the crowd um it's potentially potentially he could have been there the whole time i i i definitely was not paying attention but um punk comes out and they try to continue their fight uh, Claudio Castagnoli, <laughs> Claudio Cesaro himself, clean, smooth, trying to trying to break the fight up. He picks up John Boxley. At first, he does it inside the ring. And you just see John Boxley's legs in the air. It, it is just like, yo, this is like the when somebody's walking their dog. And their dog sees another dog in the street. And for whatever reason, your dog wants to get aggressive with the other dog. No matter the size of your dog, you probably thinking to yourself, yo, I don't like so you're probably pulling on the leash, like like, come on man, yo, I don't got time for this. One, I don't want you to because like you you you're being the aggressor. At least inside this scenario, your dog is being the aggressor, barking and doing all this, that and the third. And you're probably looking at the other dog and it's like, man. I can't let my dog, you know, loose. I, I got to try to get my dog back under control. I'm not sure what's going on right now. Like, we usually have our normal walk, and everything is all peachy-peachy. But this morning, for some reason, we on this walk, and this dog is barking at this other dog. And it's like, yo, dog, like, relax, relax. You know, go do your number one. Go do your number two. Let me pick up your number two. Let me throw your number two away, and, and let's go back to the house. But your dog, your dog, for some reason, want to fight that night, that day. And eventually you go and you pick up, you know, whatever size dog. In this case, you know, the dog is kind of big. And if you're Cesaro, you pick this dog up smooth, clean, off the ground. <laughs> so now you walking back to the house with this dog is like, like, you kind of got this dog in a bear hug. <laughs> It's just like genuinely walking like back to your house. <laughs> yeah, yo, if you, I don't know, I don't know who could view the picture for the pod. Like, I don't really know how they, how they show the pictures. Like, I know on the calling app, you'll see the individual pictures for each episode. Um, 
I don't think Apple does that. I think they just show the main um, picture of for the pod, and then I don't know what Spotify or Google does as far as the individual pictures for each pod episode. But yeah, man, he if you if you're able to see the picture, which I did tweet, I did tweet it out because I needed to cut it and stuff like that to get it right to um, to put here. But, <clears throat> and I promise you, I, I'll, I'll speed up in a minute because the rest of the stuff is kind of just like this happened, this happened, this happened. But yeah, like he he smooth picked them up, and I'm just like yo, or, or like 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 it's like seriously. And then he picked them up a second time, kind of like in a bear hug situation, like almost like almost putting Moxley over his shoulder. Um, on the outside of the ring. So, yeah. Uh, the other thing I wanted to get into, well, this is a quick hit. Ricky Steamboat, is he going to wrestle in AEW? Steamboat and Sting versus 2.0, Steamboat versus Jericho. You know, are we going to get those matches? I'm not sure. I don't know. But, I mean, they use them more than just as a, as, as a, guest, as a guest timekeeper. The Gun Club defeated Varsity Blondes quicker than you think. Kilman got knocked off the apron by Austin Gun, if I'm not mistaken. And then Austin Gun tagged out to Colton Gun, and Colton Gun hit Griff Garrison with the Colt 45. And got the three count. Stokely comes out. Uh, Billy Gunn had already praised his son. It's like, yeah, that's how you do it. Whatever, whatever. Because they wanted like two minutes. A little over two minutes, I believe. But then when Stokely comes out, the, the gun boys or the ass boys, the gun club, whatever you want to call them, attack Billy Gunn. The acclaimed come out. Excuse me, I don't know what's going on. Um, I'm trying to get through this. <laughs> but yeah, the, the, the acclaim come out. They do the whole scissor me thing. JR does his whole patriot. Like, like he's like, oh man, I, just, I, I, I despise. I, I do not like when people do this. JR annoys me when he does this every week with the yo, yo, listen, listen, listen. Stop, stop, stop mocking me. Stop mocking Max Caster. Stop mocking Anthony Bowens. Like it doesn't help their them. It doesn't help their face. It doesn't help their face turn when when your top commentator that's supposed to be a face is 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 patronizing them with 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 that BS. With the yo, yo, listen, listen, listen. Like, let them do their stick. Let them do their stick. I might not always like Max Caster's raps, but. And then they they didn't even rap this episode. They just came. They just did a running. It, it ran off. It ran off ass boys or whatever. So, yeah. Uh, Warlow and FTR, you know, they're stuck fighting Lethal, Dutt, and Singh. 
Uh, it doesn't need to happen, but it's happening. Um, apparently, it's supposed to happen at All Out, and Dax is supposed to fight Lethal this week. On on, I mean, I still don't like Jay Lethal, but the match should be good between him and Dax. Whatever. Uh, Death Triangle. That might be the best trios team in AEW. You know, they hype up the their trios t- uh, tournament match. Uh, Jungle Boy, uh, Jungle Boy, the only thing I can really say about Jungle Boy is he's missing something. Christian is on another planet. He's like so many levels ahead of a lot of the talent in AEW, at least when it comes to building a story, uh, telling a story without even really wrestling. And I feel if... If Jungle Boy doesn't come out of all out looking like a million bucks, it's not it's not because it's not it's it's, it's not the fault of Christian. Uh Christian Cage. And like with Edge saying something to the effect of seeing of him seeing retirement like coming up, and I'm glad to see guys guys see that guys are able to come back. So that they can leave or their leave leave on their own terms, and I feel like we need to get Christian Cage in WWE one final time. In his own words, one more match: Edge and Christian versus the lot of these tag teams that are in WWE before. Either one of those guys decides to retire for good and this time be able to retire on their own terms and not let it be an injury that took them out. And then, you know, people wonder, including them. I mean, I can't speak for them, but I imagine that they were a part of the what if crew. Like, what if I didn't get a concussion? What if I didn't break my neck? Whatever, whatever. Um, But, yeah. Um, Oh, I didn't even realize it was two separate segments. (laughs) Wardlow and FTR, they responded to Lethal Dutt and Sing. And then that's when Dax vs. Lethal got booked. And the challenge, the official challenge, I believe, to a trios match was made. So, yeah, um, Tony Storm just defeated Kylan King. A lot of people were, I guess, saying that they were impressed by Kylan King. I really didn't see anything different than, than what I saw of, from, from her before. Um, her look improved. Um, I don't know if it was the red hair or whatever she was doing or whatever she did with the gear or maybe the fact that she wasn't with Big Swole or Red Velvet or Brandy Rhodes or however that whole thing went down. Like, she was out on her own, so maybe that could have played a factor in it. But, I mean, all in all, I I mean, I didn't see anything atrocious. Like, I mean, she seems like, you know, she can go in the ring. But a lot of people were, like, really speaking highly of her after this match. My only thinking when I was looking at the match was, yo, this match doesn't need to happen. Nothing against Colin King, but I feel like for the limited spot that you have, like it's one thing for a guy to wrestle somebody on the show that isn't 
you know, signed to AEW proper as far as like a hashtag all elite contract to where they're on like a tier zero or some some type of pay for per performance deal, which I'd imagine Colin King is on. Either that or she get, you know, got just got booked, you know, to wrestle Tony on, on that particular episode. Um Yeah. She didn't need to be there. Or you could have saved that match from Rampage. Or you could have put that match on Dark. I mean, maybe people would watch it. I don't know. I, I really can't call it. But, yeah, that match didn't need to be there. Um, and then again, it was also inside the customary death slot for, for the women, which was right before the main event. Um, you got to move You got to move that women's match away from the main event. Put Put that women's match somewhere in the first hour. You 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 probably you'll probably see a huge you'll you'll probably see a huge difference, um, and then do something else in the second hour. You can have a second match, or you can have some type of elongated woman segment instead of trying to shove all the women in 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 the segment. Like they they really tried to uh, they really tried to push the FTW title for a title that's not sanctioned by AEW. They they're doing their damnedest. To 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 talk up and and hype up this this FTW match on on Rampage, which uh, like I said, it really wasn't much to write home about Rampage. Uh, like I said, I don't know if I talked about it when when I when I discussed the match being when I discussed about the two teams being backstage, but yeah, there was nothing to write home about for the for the uh, for the fifty two and our glory win over Private Party. It was essentially a glorified squash match. Um, FTW title match, same situation, you know, and then they had added a, um, they added a match because of how short the FTW title, world title, the FTW title match was. Um, it was Buddy Matthews. He came out and I forget who he wrestled. That's how much I didn't care about Rampage. But he got the win. He, uh, I believe he was going to continue to attack. And then Miro showed up. That was a cool moment. It gets Miro, you know, established as being somebody that's firmly against the House of Black. But the biggest story coming out of the week for wrestling in regards to Miro was him saying, I believe it was in response to somebody about, you know, I guess they weren't a fan of Lada wrestling and, or CJ wrestling. And, um, I'm not sure what locker room he was referring to being that the name Lana was used. Um, because I can't remember the exact tweet, and I really don't feel like pulling it up. Because he kind of backtracked off of, he kind of backtracked off it a little bit. So it's like, oh yeah, Mero, Mero, you knew better. Uh, but yeah, I don't remember if he still said Lana because I think the guy when he he said, I guess the, inside the tweet, he he does say Lana. He doesn't say CJ. But um, Miro goes like, yeah, Lana, 
I guess, is is uh is is um better than ninety five percent of the women's locker room. And you know, I kind of was like, well, which locker room? So I'm gonna go in because he he later on says, yeah, Serena Deeb is the best. You know, whatever, whatever. Like I guess he he was like pretty much saying like, yo, I'm not I'm not stupid. Um, but he did still say that she was better than 95% of the locker room. Now I'm just going based off of what's who the women that are on the roster page. And I believe it was 26 in 95% of 26 is 24.7. So it's like Lana, there's one point. Three, it's like one point three. So then you still have twenty four point yeah twenty four point seven. So yeah, so there's one point three women in that locker room that are better than Lana slash CJ, with one of them obviously being Serena Deeb. So if you were to round up to twenty five or round down to 24, however you want to do it. Um, who's the other woman in the locker room that's better than, than Lana or CJ in, inside the ring? Tony Storm? And then you can, and then, you know, it starts to snowball. So, yeah, Miro, you were wild for that comment. Uh <laughs> The elites, the elite, the long-awaited, the long-awaited return of Kenny Omega that everybody saw coming. But I thought he would he would have been healthy. He does not look healthy. Like they can talk about the whole oh he's playing it up, he's playing it up if they want, but. It's like, man, come on. Like, the stuff he was doing or attempting to do, and they made sure he didn't do any dives, which that was a smart call. But then for every smart call, there's an even dumber call. Because they put this guy on the guardrail in front of these two kids. They, I guess they tried to cover it up by moving the guardrail up. They moved it up about two feet or whatever. Like the guardrail, I don't know. I guess they thought they had enough room. But Dragon Lee launches himself as Andrade, I believe, is holding the rope open. And then I think Roosh might be still holding on to Omega. And they damn there took these little girls out, a little little girl, a little boy out. Like, I'm not sure what exactly transpired in that spot. Like, initially, I just thought, yo, like, like, yo, that's a cool spot. But there's a reason why they didn't show it from other angles. And you do hear one of the kids scream out, mommy, mommy. So I couldn't tell if they got hit. Or if it just was one of those things where they came really close to getting hit. 
Like I thought I saw the one kid get, you know, catch a boot to the top of the head. I, I, I thought I saw that, but when I looked again, I don't think, I don't think that was the case. But apparently, if you're to believe what 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 to believe, then AEW could expect a lawsuit. Um, and I mean, it just is what it is. Anytime like wrestlers go into the crowd, um, anytime wrestlers go into the crowd, that that stuff is liable to happen. Uh, but let's get back to it, man. Let's let's get back to it. Um, yeah, the elite is able to get the win. Tony, I mean, yeah, Kenny Omega, you know, he says some stuff after the match, um, in between, uh, Dynamite and Rampage that he somehow compared fans to being cats that aren't litter box trained. And it's like, okay. Uh, and my best Tyler, the creative voice. Okay. Ronda Rousey. <laughs> let's 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 end this let's end this strong. Let's end this strong. Um Ronda Rousey. Ronda Rousey. What else what what can I say about Ronda Rousey? She wants to get her suspension lifted, calls out Pierce. Pierce is like, yo, that's above my pay grade. Uh Ronda Lee peacefully. And Ronda's like, Yeah, uh I tried to do that last week. This week on choosing violence. And the security guard guards come and they get beat down. Cops come out. They arrest Rhonda. That that was a missed opportunity not to have the Mounties there. Um, I feel like that would have made for that would have been a nice little final nod or whatever. Um, but as she's leaving, Roman Reigns is showing up. Uh he's gonna have a face to face later with, with Drew McIntyre. Uh, Toxic Attraction defeated Natalia and Sonya Deville to advance in the tag title tournament. And then I have to ask myself, was were Nikita Lyons and Zoe Stark supposed to win the match? Um, like, I'm, I'm kind of interested to see, like, what were the plans if Nikita and Zoe were still in the tournament? Like, would they have defeated, which I don't think they would have. I think Natalia, in my opinion, I think Natalia and, and Sonya would have advanced in that scenario. But I feel like if you're going to make the change to Toxic Attraction, then, yeah, Toxic Attraction has to get, like, the quote-unquote upset and advance to the next round. Um, I don't see them winning next week and I think obviously due to circumstances they couldn't do anything with having maybe have toxic attraction be involved with taking out Nikita and Zoe and taking their place in the match but you know Real life be real lifing, so you just have to immediately go to oh okay this is gonna be uh, toxic attraction is is gonna take their place, and then it's like okay how do we 
curtail this to where it includes Toxic Attraction instead of Zoe Stark and Nikita Lyon. And, I mean, they cooked up something pretty nice, man. I can't front. You had um, Bailey, Dakota, and EO pull up uh, front row with, with their tickets. Uh, you kind of see, like, a commotion in the back. But you it really doesn't set in until McAfee gets involved. And he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to. He's like, yeah, I'm trying. Basically, he's like, yeah, I'm trying to listen to you, Cole. But it looks like there's some co- 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 commotion behind us. And then when the camera picks him up, it's like, oh wow, that's um, that's that's the homies, or whatever. So it was a nice touch having Bailey there, you know, getting on Michael Cole's nerves. Uh, <laughs> so it's just like, man, that, that like that that was like that was like refreshing. Um. I have no idea who's winning tonight um, as far as the tag title tournament. Um, Then we get to another part of the show that I thoroughly enjoyed was Roman Reigns requesting to speak with Sami Zayn. Um, So, you know, he lets Zayn speak his piece. And he actually agrees with Sami Zayn. So he gets up, phone rings. He's, he tells, you know, Roman, the phone is ringing, and Roman tells him to answer it. And so he answers the phone, and it's Jay Uso. And they have, they're having trouble at the border, which we know what that is code for, if you know, you know. Um, but, yeah, they can't get into Canada for, for, you know, if you know, you know. Um, and, and we'll leave it at that. So he talks about how Jay was screaming and stuff, and because he had to explain to himself, he had to explain to Jay, like, nah, man, um, Roman told me to pick up the phone, whatever, whatever. And you know, Roman's like, yo, why are you talking to Jay? Why, why, why don't you talk to Jimmy? Or more, more importantly, why don't you talk to me? Or whatever. So uh, he tell, like, he asked him about what he had going on that night, and he told him about, about the five way uh, for the. Um, about the five way for the for the for the icy title shot again putting putting respect on um on the mid the quote unquote mid card titles uh you know that, that that's amazing uh and uh yeah Roman like tells him hey the title will look good in the bloodline and then he asks him is he still cool with KO at first, he says, yeah, but then he's like, well, you know, he's on Raw, so we really haven't, you know, whatever, whatever. And Roman's like, well, yeah, just, you know, tell him I don't owe nobody nothing. And he's just like, oh, word, I Like, definitely looks like, you know, that Sammy KO versus Owen, uh, excuse me, versus Uso's dream match that, that I've seen um, picking up steam lately. You know, that, that that could potentially happen. Uh, we got footage, like I said, of last week's uh, Intercontinental title match. Uh, that was between Gunther and uh, Shinsuke Nakamura. Uh, maximum male models are in the ring, and they get interrupted by Hit Row. <laughs> Hit Row performs their song, We All The Way Back. 
and I can't take my eyes off of Brianna Brandy. But when the camera cuts to something else, Maxine Dupree. <laughs> Yo, she was feeling it. She was like in it. Like, yo, like, like shout outs to Maxine Dupree for liking uh to 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 liking what hit to like liking what hit row was doing, man. Like, like that was that was just like I was like, yo, like like Marseille or Maswa, whatever, like they got punked out. They 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 got punked out, it was what it was, but like to see Maxine Dupree's reaction to Hit Row. Oh man, that that was something else. I, like I cannot, I cannot stress that enough. Um, <laughs> and then we get a quick vignette from Carrion Cross and Scarlet, uh, directed toward Drew McIntyre. Uh, Sheamus was able to defeat Baron Corbin, Madcap Moss. Ricochet and Montreal's own Sami Zayn. And it was just like the crowd was cheering for whoever they wanted to cheer for until the person they were cheering for got into it, got into it with Cody Rhodes. I mean, excuse me, got into it with Sami Zayn. It was like they cheered everybody, the the, the the three, all getting the Gunther chops with, with their arm in the ropes. And they were cheering and popping for Sheamus doing this the whole time. Until he went after Sami Zayn and tried to give the beats of the Bowery to Sami Zayn. Though booze rate that rate rained down something heavy until uh she was able to move um to move the party indoors basically. Um but yeah it's just like Sami Zayn would have been a good choice to face Gunther, but being out there that the match is out that way, I mean, I would imagine that Sami could have still, you know, made the trip. Like, obviously, it's it's not a Saudi show. It's a, you know, a, uh, um, a show in the United Kingdom um, in Cardiff, Cardiff, Wales. So, but Sheamus, obviously, being from Ireland, is, is the better fit for that. So you got him going after the IC title. You got Drew going after um, going after like the NXT UK title. I would say, or I don't know. It's just Sheamus, man. Like, what can you say about Sheamus? Uh, Viking Raiders hold their Viking funeral for New Day. Uh, we got footage from last week's uh, contract signing between uh, Shayna and uh, and Liv, and then Liv went on to beat Io Shirai. I mean, excuse me, to beat Shotzi. 
only for uh, Shayna to to beat her down and tease breaking her arm. And then we get Roman. And Roman's like, yo, if anybody else said that they ran WWE, they're lying. Uh, if they say that they're going to be me, you know, they're lying. Like, it's just... I don't know. I just, I just, I just, I just, I just found it interesting. Drew McIntyre came out. He confronted. Uh, he confronted Roman Reigns, and then you know the next thing you know, these two are fighting. Um, Drew gets the upper hand. He wants to hit the Claymore. Sammy comes out. He pushes uh, Delgado out the way. I mean, uh, Roman Reigns out the way. <laughs> Excuse me. That's how I know it's time for me to get ready to wrap this up. Uh, yeah, he pushed him out the way, took took it himself. Uh, Roman hit the super, Superman punch. And I guess he was going to, you know, attack He was going to hit the spear, but ended up eating a claymore instead. And that's where we close off um, Friday Night Smackdown. Um, On Impact, Eddie Edwards won the number one contendership. So he's going to be getting the title shot, presumably, against Josh Alexander at Bound for Glory. Uh, Looks like. It looks like they are uh, starting to get um, the build and booking for Bound of Glory squared away. So I, I'm not sure what type of show or how big they're going to go for um, for the women aesthetic. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure how far they're going to go with, with that. Um, as far as how far they're going to go with the booking the Victory Road uh, contest. Uh, but yeah, you know, I've, uh, like I said, uh, I, I kind of, you know, took NXT out of the equation and, and gave them their own show. Um, so definitely be on the lookout for that following um, Tuesday's episode. So if it, if it's not late Tuesday night, uh, it'll be Thursday afternoon or early evening at at the um, at the earliest or whatever, however you want to phrase it. Uh, but yeah, uh, wow, Drew uh, posing with both titles over a fallen Roman. Uh, did the fall? He did the falling part. Now it's time to pray. This is Romans Chilling. You can follow me on Twitter at WordsClaim or at Jerome says word. Same thing with uh, Instagram, with the exception the the uh, the word exclaim has an ED on the end for these women. So, um, at word exclaimed, 
but then I also do have my uh, Jerome Says Word uh, account available to be followed as well. On, um, yeah. And I'm out. Word.